It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to more fun in our money coaching certification. We're going to cover today some of the situations that you are likely to run into as a law of attraction coach sooner or later when you're coaching clients on money. We had talked about in our last module on coaching clients to higher abundance vibrations. Today, Lisa, do you want to introduce our topic that we're going to run through first? I think we've got four scenarios we're running through in this module. We do, and I think these are kind of the most typical scenarios. Some of this may sound familiar to some of the other material that we've covered, and I think it's the stuff is nuanced, right? But the solutions are almost always pretty similar, mm-hmm. but these are probably mm-hmm. the four that you will run into most likely in your day-to-day work with clients around money. And the first one is that client who's in that red hot need, like the sky is it, mm-hmm. it's actually in the process of falling. <laughs> it, yes. it does dire feel straits. dire straits. It feels really, really hot. And I think for an LOA coach, this is tricky territory because we don't want to buy into that to that fear. We, we've got to be able to stay on the edge of the pool with the life ring rather than jumping in that really, really choppy water. So, yeah, red hot meat. What's the first thing you do with a client who's in that situation? Well, I I actually, if they're LOA savvy, and if they're not LOA savvy, it's time for them to become it, point out to them how what their current vibration is and how it's creating and in and perpetuating their current circumstances just so that we don't start with well you got to find a way to feel better that can fall flat if they haven't yet connected the dots that oh right I'm giving the instruction that says things are really bad for me right now financially so they can't improve when we're offering that instruction if I can help them see that the rest of the conversation seems to go better (laughs) I think it's a really good time to go back to LOA 101 basics yeah. Uh, well, because they're not in their right mind. If they're if they're in deep fear around their financial situation, a lot of their knowing about energy and how it works and their ability to work it is out the window. So it's a good time to bring them back to what they know works and um, set them up for success in being able to shift it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think we often want to be able to do and I even do this in relationship work, and people will kind of be confused by this. This this feels a little bit whiplashy, but it's really effective, which is actually making peace with, even making friends with the worst-case scenario. Like, all right, what is the big, bad, hairy fear here? Let's, let's, let's address that. Let's make peace with that. Let's see if it's actually as bad as you think it is. And a lot of times a client will think that's the last thing that their LOA coach is going to talk about. Like, you don't want to put any spotlight there. We're not going to go there. We're going to avoid that at all costs. 
But being willing to bring it out of the closet and actually spin it around and examine it and make peace with it, that can drop so much fear and resistance. Well, and that's what we're looking to do is help them see how they're pushing against what they don't want is actually calling it forth. So the process of releasing that resistance and thus dropping the magnet for whatever they're so worried might happen is to get okay with it or at least drop the battle against it. And that is not easy coaching to sell, (laughs) which is why I really like to start with the reminder about how you get what you vibrate. And a lot of times my clients, when I point that out to them, they'll say, oh, right, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. I just needed you to point that out to me. So sometimes that it really can break the evil spell just for them to recognize how they've been in the routine of manifesting exactly what they don't want by being in resistance to it. And then they will be amenable to getting okay with it. But, but you know, this could be cause for getting fired. <laughs> there are some clients who, are, just like when I have weight loss clients who when I ask them to make peace with their body or love their body, not just make peace with it, but even better if you could love it, they that just doesn't always land really well with everyone. And yet what we know about energy, we've got to shift that resistance or nothing is going to move. What yeah. else do you practice, Lisa? Distraction. I did a I did a session like this this week actually where somebody it was this thing exactly. Somebody came to a call with a red hot money need and it did feel pretty hot and we spent the entire session talking about something else. I mean, I've kind of joked about this in other calls. Like I I have been known to make up another problem to get them focused someplace else if it's required. I mean, a feel-good yeah. feel distraction is certainly better. But if we can't, you know, if we can't make peace with it, if we can't surrender to it, then we need to get off of it altogether. And very often with money stuff particularly, people will want to pivot on the actual thing that's happening. Pivot, pivot, pivot. And they can't. So it's, it's much easier to move directly to distraction. Mm-hmm. And if you if, if you train them that why we're doing sometimes I've had coaches do this with me where they just will introduce a distraction but not explain that we are distracting. I find it pretty effective if I let a client know we're talking about something else. You you get to have something new to focus on so that this subject gets less attention. So sometimes if you're really mm, clear and upfront about how this distraction process is going to serve them, it's easier for them to go with it. There's another thing I like to do with someone who's in dire financial straits is to invite them to start looking where it isn't as bad as they think it is or to even see how some things are going right for them financially because that's a very different vibration than feeling like their world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's it's so easy to miss the evidence, right? Like it's and it's it's easy for a coach to spot it actually. Like a client will come to the phone and they'll be da 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 and they only see what's no work not working when someone from the outside can see that there have been shifts, that there is an improvement, that there are things to celebrate. 
if we can train our clients to look for that evidence, an evidence journal. I mean, I did the work with Gina Gabellini way back in the day. And there are a few tidbits that I gleaned from that work. And an evidence journal is one of the most powerful mm-hmm. things that I ever worked with. Because when you're looking for the evidence that things are shifting, that there's an improving vibration, you can't be doing both things simultaneously. For just a little while, at least, you're not noticing how crappy the money situation is. And training clients to be able to find their own evidence, that's a life mm-hmm. skill that is... Mm-hmm. Yep. That'll build their focusing muscles, and that is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing that it is related to that, and that's often to do a reality check with them, because sometimes they will talk with you in abstract terms, and they don't like lay things out for you in actual numbers. But when you question them on it, it turns out that this person who's freaking out because they aren't making as much money as they think they need to be making has three years' worth of savings in the bank. And you learn that they're really scaring themselves for no good reason. There's never a good reason to scare ourselves unless we just want to conjure more contrast. But sometimes a reality check, like just tuning in and asking for specifics or for uh, asking them to review it themselves, even if they don't lay it out for you. If you if you just straight up ask them, are you making this worse than it really is? Some of them will be able to see how they are. Some of them actually know that as they're describing it to you, they hear them describe it in very strong terms, and they realize they'll see it themselves. But sometimes just asking the question can help them get a different perspective on it. And sometimes you're going to need to help them find that better perspective. The reality check is powerful. You've done it with me. I mean, on more than one occasion, one I can remember particularly well, where just the question, like, is that even really true? Like, oh, no, not not really, not so much. (laughs) And, again, this is something that a coach can see sometimes when a client can't. So a coach's willingness to, to, to ask the question, to call that out for the reality check, is is important. It's powerful. Yeah. And you could sometimes hear it in, when they're using extreme languaging. That, mm-hmm. and, and, and sometimes they do it just because they're trying to convey to you the bigness of their problem. But when, they, when you help them realize that, look, making mountains out of molehills doesn't serve your success here. You want to actually do the opposite. You want to find a way to feel better or see it better than you have been. If, if they're LOA savvy, they'll get it. If they're not, you want to educate them as to why that's a worthy process. We could do a whole call on language, not on the issue. You know, there's, we should probably add it. there's another thing I like to do, Lisa, and that's remind them when this kind of ties into what we're going to be talking later on in this certification about brain chemistry. But if I ask them, to recall a time when they felt like things were this dire and it worked out, many of them will have stories to tell because this is a routine they engage. And if you can help them see how you survived it before, things worked out before when you thought they were at their worst, that's probably going to happen again. You can help them develop a comfort level even when their situation hasn't yet changed. They, they, they develop more confidence in themselves or the world for things to work out. I think we, 
it's human nature, right, to think that the thing that's going to make us feel different is out there somewhere. And it's, it's really kind of like a Jedi trick, actually, to be able to help a client realize that that's not true, that they can actually feel whatever they want right now when, when, they, when they're waiting for something else to help shift that. I mean, it's, and that's easy to do, again, from the outside, hard to do from the inside. So that's why working with a coach can be really invaluable. Along those lines, Lisa, I've got a question for you. How do you feel when you get paid by a client who shows up with financial issues? Say someone who's having trouble making rent or even buying groceries for the family, and yet they're paying your coaching fee. <laughs> there are a, there are a couple I, of things that, that come to mind for me around it, but I'd like to hear from you. I mean, I'm going to say that really depends on the situation. It really, yeah. really depends on the situation. I mean, I think about GVCA, right? We have not taken students where we felt like they they were spending it was a their Hail Mary. dollars on coach yeah. training, right? If they're putting yeah. themselves at financial risk, uh, they're they might be thinking you're like their genie in a magic bottle, and and sometimes that works, but sometimes it's the kind of pressure that a coach doesn't enjoy, or that that just adds more angst to the coaching work because. They are counting on you. All is lost if this doesn't come together. And uh, I have have been in sessions with clients in that situation where I completed the session and either refunded the money or didn't take the fee because because it didn't feel good. There have been other times where I can use it as evidence that look, you you can find money for the things that you really want to do. You find the money. So you're more capable or more resourceful than you are giving yourself credit for as you relate to me what your current circumstances are. But I think that it might... Go ahead. I'm I'm totally down for genie in a magic bottle, right? And it's not that I necessarily feel like I am a genie in a magic bottle, but if a client's in red-hot need and they really believe that working with me or some other coach is going to turn it around... They've got evidence. They they believe that. Like I'm willing to indulge that, because I think that in a red hot need, we'll work with whatever we've got. And that genie in a red hot in a bottle, energy can create miracles. I'm yeah. I'm less likely to be engaged by the hail mary energy. That mm-hmm. makes me a little bit nervous. And I have also refunded money. And I have also, I, I will do these kinds of sessions occasionally pro bono. Exactly. And they almost always result in a client, in a paying client later on. So it's never, I mean, it really right. can't be money lost because the universe always handles that. But it really depends on the energy the client's coming with. If, they, if they're coming because they're expecting a miracle from coaching, then I'm down for that. But if they're coming because they can't think of anything else to do and they're scared to death, that's that money feels different. Yeah, and this is probably worth uh, for a client or coach to be really clear about their perfect client profile because if this isn't your joy of work to do, 
make sure your client profile reflects that. This is also one of the reasons why many of my blog posts and podcasts and newsletters are geared towards people in this situation, just because I want to be able to offer someone support that makes a difference without them feeling like they have to pay an arm and a leg in order to get it. Yeah, I agree. But that's because that's my feel good. Should we talk about, should we move on to our next scenario? How to coach a client who's making money responsible for how they feel, for their happiness. Oi, yai, yai. I got a charge on this one. I do a lot of this. I give this spiel a lot. And uh, I get pushback on it. How about you, Lisa? Is this something that comes up often for you, or is it just me? I get this. I give this spiel, if not daily, at least weekly. I don't do as much money coaching as you do. It happens regularly. Regularly. Yeah. And I get yeah. it because I've been that person who's sat in that spot. That, yeah, I get it. Man, it doesn't work because I know for a fact, I've seen it happen in my life and it's seen it happen in lots of client lives where you manifest the money and you're still not happy. Yes. And, and sometimes relating those stories to clients, especially if they can find where that's happened in their own life, that can help break the evil spell of making of making money be um, responsible for how they feel. So I think this is this is the foundation to LOA coaching of any kind, right? Like I is. I will wander back to this. I just wandered back to it a second ago. I'll wander back to it again. How do you want to feel, and how can you feel more of that now? Like, we can, I read someplace the other day, and I've heard this illustration before, but somebody was talking about how, you know, are you angry right now? And the other person said no. And it was like, okay, if I paid you $10,000, could you find something to get angry about right now? And the person they were talking to was like, yeah, of course. Like, we can we can drum up any feeling with enough practice. Mm-hmm. and. I think part of the trick here is clarity. Like, what do you think you're going to feel when you get that money? What are you really shooting for? Because sometimes people don't know. They really just think they're shooting for the rent. They they think it's all about the rent. They don't know that they're looking for security and they're looking for, you know, Accomplishment, achievement, success, freedom. Yeah. And and if if it's an LOA-savvy client, you Look, the basics of conscious creation is that we're willing to feel it before it's real. Some people come to manifesting thinking that, oh, I'm going to use all these focusing tricks to create life, so then I'll be happy. (laughs) That's not how it was intended, and I practiced that myself for quite a while as a new student of conscious creation. But the reminder that we lead the way, that however however we want to feel when we have what we want, that's our job. It's not the thing that we're trying to manifest's job. That's our job, how we feel. And when you can train your client to get flexible with that and to learn the skills of managing their vibration before their reality shifts, then they become some seriously powerful creators. They will never need you again, and that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. We just did a call with a group of students talking about, you know, their alignment practices, and I think loving what is, Tuning into appreciation came up a lot. And that can be a really nice sort of dovetail or entry point into letting money off the hook. When it, when it doesn't feel natural, 
I mean, almost everybody can tune into appreciation over something. Maybe not gratitude, but appreciation, and it takes the edge off the need and the striving and the worry. Mm-hmm. So letting money off the hook gets easier at that point. Yeah, that sometimes takes a couple conversations before it lands with people. And if I've got, if I'm, if I'm in the long game with someone, there are times when I will engage them in manifesting the numbers they want in their bank account so that after it happens and they still aren't feeling whatever it is they thought it would do for them, I can point out to them, okay, are we ready for a different approach this time? Because it is possible to get what we said we wanted without feeling the vibrations of happiness and success. I've done this myself when I thought once I had a thriving coaching practice, then I would be happy. No, I was the same stressed out person I'd been in corporate world, same stressed out person I was when I was unemployed and building a practice, the same stressed out person I was as a coach with a full thriving practice. The the clients didn't make my stress go away. The income flow didn't all of a sudden bring me relief. And, And sometimes just telling them that story can help them see how they're doing the same thing and they can learn from my mistake. <laughs> well, I won't call it a mistake. It's a learning. But, boy, if you can shorten their their learning curve, it, it sure goes a long way in, in their success as creators. Yeah. Did we look at the next one? Which is yeah, let's do similar it. to our first one. Someone who's running really scary, catastrophic stories about money and helping them take those stories and, and shift the limiting beliefs. Um, you want to give us an example? There are some terrifying stories about money out there. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I've been doing some interesting work in a group about changing like childhood stories, but I can even like, go back to my personal experience with money and how, Money always showed up for me as a problem. Like, I I couldn't even say the word money without saying money problems. I had a firm belief that I couldn't make it, and if I did make it, I would lose it or I would mismanage it somehow. I had a lot of, of scarcity beliefs, and they showed up in the form of these really strange abstract stories about how money went wrong in my life. But really, it was a limiting belief about scarcity, that there's not enough, that there's not enough, that there's not enough. Like really being able to spot a client's scary story is useful because sometimes a client will live in those scary stories. It's kind of like they can't see the forest for the trees in their own story. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I was fully able to see that for myself. I mean, it it sometimes takes an outside perspective to be able to pick out and identify those scary stories when you've been living and breathing them for so long. Yeah, I agree. And um, being able to identify how some of those stories could contribute to counter intentions or payoffs from not manifesting what they think they want, uh, sometimes that awareness can help straighten things out as well. Like if someone has a belief that Uh, Their family relationships will be ruined once they come into money because everyone will expect them that, you know, they help solve whatever financial issues they have in their life and they don't want to do that. They they anticipate angst or um, strife with money. And so there could be a huge payoff 
to not letting money in when you, if you anticipate that it's going to cause problems in relationships that matter to you. Family stuff, I think that there can be a feeling that there's going to be a lot of work associated with managing that money. That's got to be the most common. That's got to be it. I don't want to have to work that hard. I don't want to work that hard to take care of the money. I don't don't want to turn my life over, yeah, to what's required once it's here. And I'm going to repeat it again. Your client may not be able to spot those stories. Once you point them out to them, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that is me. And then you can do the work of shifting the limiting belief. But your job probably is going to be to help them spot the story. Yeah, and once they spot the story, then if if you can encourage them that it's within their power to choose a new one, they can make up a new story to live. But in order to do that, it's not just identifying the new story they'd prefer to be experiencing, but it's a willingness to practice it regularly until it becomes their new story and their new experience. I think that's such a revolutionary thought, right? Like all of our stories are fantasy anyway. It's construct. It's nothing. I yeah. mean, it's ether We're making out it there. all up. Yeah. You're making it all up. You can make up something better. I am I'm literally in the process of writing a story about being really, 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 really wealthy. And why not make that like the new story? I, when you can help a client see that they get to pick a story, that's pretty powerful stuff. And it does require practice. I mean, we have it to does. be able to, we have to be willing to help our clients learn to practice those new stories. But most of the time they take hold quicker than you think they're going to because they feel better. We all want to feel better. And it has to happen outside of the coaching sessions that if if they're only visiting their new story in conversation with you, that's not likely to make a big dent in their experience. I guess if someone has huge, huge contrast, even just a little bit of that, it's happened for me before. So, yeah, I don't want to limit it. But really, teaching them the importance of getting a discipline around telling it differently in their self-talk, in the way they're, they're managing money, because those sorts of things will inspire them to return to their old story. You know what I think these three scenarios have in common, Lisa, that we haven't spoken to is how closely, how people hold reality so closely. I don't want to call it an addiction to reality, or what is itis is another way to describe it, but but each of these really requires um, a, a releasing of the way they've been seeing reality, knowing that it is just a story. It's a story you've been telling, and you could tell it different because so often we think of it as more real or more or stronger because it's what's so. When the, our preference, our desire, it can also be what's so when we're willing to let go of our tight hold on what is right now. Mm-hmm. I call it an addiction to reality. I don't have a problem with that. Should we talk about the last one? Because this one, Let's I think, do. is tricky. How to work with it a is. client who's kidding themselves about their money vibration. And, oh, my word, this can be dicey. Because it is. Clients, clients will come to a call and say, no, I totally feel abundant. I'm rocking my money vibration. 
I am vibrating the wealthiest person in the world. I really am. I'm doing all my alignment practices, and I so feel worthy. I'm so, so worthy. And I'm afraid the electricity is going to get shut off next week. Law of attraction doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Makes, you know, the reason I take a deep breath. Right. Right. I... This this one, I've been this client. <laughs> I've been the one who insists, no, I got a good vibe here, trust me. Whether it was on that lawsuit from a couple of years ago, whether it's something in a relationship that you've clued me in on that I would have sworn. I've done it, I've, I've spotted it myself when I tell a story sometimes about how I was calling in a new client. I had an opening. I had a process for calling in a new client. It was just to feel the energy of a new client. I knew what it felt like. I'd experienced it many times. I was very confident around being able to do that. It wasn't when I was new in my practice. I knew how to do this. And they always showed up within 24 to 48 hours. A new client would come in once I turned on that vibration. I turned it on. A couple days later, like three or four days later, I'm talking to a colleague and I realized, hey, my new client hasn't showed up. And uh, I was surprised because it was so reliable. But I also knew don't focus on no, my client isn't here because that's not what I want to create. So I didn't spend too much time on it. I just let it go, a little puzzled about it, but got back to business. And um, a couple days after that, I finished the second of two really big projects that had been taking up a lot of my time. And as I sent off the last thing that I needed to in order to be done with it, I leaned back in my chair, I put my hands behind my head, and I just spontaneously said, now I'm ready for my new client. I would have sworn to you days before when I when I turned on the vibration that I was also ready for the new client, I didn't realize that I had a counter intention flowing because I didn't have room. I, I, didn't, I couldn't do justice to a new client the way I liked to, to onboard a new client. I, did, I didn't have time. My plate was full. I was already stretched. It wasn't until I had the room that I recognized, okay, now that counter intention is clear. I really do have room for them, that I could genuinely call in the new client. So, it's easy to fool ourselves and um, being able to spot this with a client. Like you said, Lisa, it's pretty easy. When we just look at the results, at what what reality is telling us about what our vibration is. And man, clients don't like to hear that sometimes. And And I think sometimes it helps to talk a little bit about Sort of that buffer of time. That might take some pressure off the vibration. Okay, you're really rocking it. Maybe you really are. Maybe we're in the buffer of time. But you know what I like to do with doesn't buffer last of... very long. It's, it I was... does, it's, huge. it's not no, forever. Yeah. It's not weeks. The buffer that, of time here's... should be fairly quick. I, that's immediate. I say to them, look, we don't even need to, to ask how long is the buffer of time because your results are immediate when we measure results by how we feel, which I learned from Abraham, that the first manifestation is the feeling. So if you're engaging your alignment practice in a genuine way, you you will feel relief. You will feel optimism or hopefulness or something better. If you're feeling that positive feeling, then guaranteed you're plugged in. You're aligned. You don't have to ask about buffer of time because your results are already here. And maybe it's worth a little reminder that what you want, the only reason you want anything is because of how you think it's going to make you feel. And if you are engaging an alignment process that makes you feel better, you got what you wanted. Relief is what we were looking for, whether it's in the form of joy 
or optimism or whatever. So, yeah, buffer of time. I I don't I'll I'll check in with them right away like how did you feel or how do you feel when you engage your alignment practice? And if they if they feel flat or if anxiety is still riding, then it's not working the way it's meant to be working and we've got to engage something else or approach it differently. So important, right? Because people will do alignment practices and feel flat all day long. I know. They'll do alignment practices that make them feel worse. I've done alignment practices that made me feel worse. I mean, we they follow instructions. They read the manual. They'll do alignment practices that don't get them to that sense of relief, to that sense mm-hmm. of shifted vibration. And which could be really help. frustrating when they don't get results and they think they should. Mhm. They'll think they're failing when really it's just an alignment practice that isn't a good fit. Right. That isn't actually aligning them. Yeah. Yeah, so um look, if 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 a client's got a strong foundation in conscious creation, I can just say to them, look, you know that you get what you vibrate. And if you aren't getting what you want, either you aren't seeing it, like you are blind to it, in that case let's do a reality check, or you aren't vibrating what you think you are. For clients who really have a strong foundation in this, they will get it. <laughs> For others it might take a little more instruction around that, but yeah, the reality it the results don't lie about what you're vibrating. Your interpretation of results that you might need to help your client see things differently. I remember I had a client who was manifesting money. She had 20 grand come out of the blue and her response to that was it's not enough. 20 grand. It's not enough. <laughs> Instead of, "Woo, it's working. Okay, I'm plugged in. It's it's coming together. All right, more of this universe." It's not enough is a is an instruction that will keep that person in financial need for as long as that uh, vibration continues to roll. That Should we talk about practice? Her, I was going to say that may have been my biggest personally, like vibration glitch. It's not mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. I interrupted you. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, should we talk about practice projects as a way to help a client get real about how their their manifesting process works. Yeah, give me an example of that. Like if if they if they say, "Look, I'm doing the work and it isn't happening," I'll say, "I'd like to do one of two things. It's if we if we want something immediate in this coach session, I will ask them to review a past success, something they did effectively manifest so that we can like um dissect that for what was working there that isn't obviously present here." And sometimes it might just be that they haven't let enough time pass. Oh, yeah, that time I I did my work, and then and it was a six-month process, and here it's only been three weeks. Okay, yeah, I get it. All right, okay. I've, sometimes that something, like just reviewing how it has worked for them before will help them see what they're doing differently here. And it might be, oh, yeah, that time when I did that, yeah, I just I totally let it go. I just went about my business and was enjoying my life. And they recognize they're not doing that here now. They're all tied up in knots about looking for results for a sign of success. But I I like that when if they have a past success that we can review that um helps them see it while we're in this coach session. But sometimes engaging a practice project, asking them to pick something else to manifest, something that they don't have as much of a charge on or that doesn't feel as important, that can help them 
see the difference between the way they're approaching money and the way they're approaching this other desired manifestation. And that might take a week or two weeks before they come back to a session with results from their practice project for them to be able to see the difference. But that's what I'll turn to if we don't have an immediate past success to review. And the good news is, while they're focused on that, they're not focused on their money problem. I also think a practice project is useful to me because it's useful to me to understand their manifesting mm -hmm. gig. Like, not everybody mm -hmm. does it the same way. Not all of the same things are important for me that might be important for a client in a successful manifestation. And me just assuming I know their process might not work. So we're like reverse engineering those successes or doing a practice project can give your client and you a very valuable roadmap for that client that might not be the same as yours. There's another uh, approach, and I take a deep breath as I say it because it's not my favorite, but if I have a stubborn client, this is what I'll engage. And that is if someone insists that they are lining up properly, I say, well, let's roll with it. We'll see what happens because the evidence will reveal over time whether they're truly plugging in or not. They, they don't always, my spiel doesn't always land well. <laughs> and when that's the case, then fine, let's, let's go with their version of events and we'll see how it works out. Maybe they're right. Maybe they really are truly aligned and it's just a matter of a little more time on it. But it doesn't take long for someone to see when they don't get those results that, yeah, maybe they should be a little more open to considering that they aren't plugged in the way they think they are. Yeah. So those are the there four any? basic ones, I think. And you're going to run into variations on all of these. I mean, there's, there's subcategories and nuances and what have you, but most of your money clients or client money issues are going to fall under one of these categories. And you probably heard a lot of what we've been talking about in the other modules. We just wanted to present them in um, some real life or common situations that you'll find on your, in your coaching sessions. So hopefully you've yeah. found something helpful here. And um, I think that, what, are we covering brain chemistry in our next module, Lisa? My favorite. I thought yeah. we were doing it today. Like I woke up this morning and I hadn't looked at our outline and I was like, oh, it's brain chemistry day. The next one is this is this day. is an important one that actually affects a lot of the situations we talked about here, because yeah, when someone creates an addiction to a certain chemical cocktail associated with an emotional state, mm -hmm. that can be a tough one to work with. But we're addressing that in the next module, so we'll see you there. Thanks, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.